When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your college football game day has come early. Goes down the field for sick. He goes up high. He's got get away from the top speed. And the ball is free. Woo! What a hit. You got barbecue back there? From underdog triumphs to powerhouse showdowns, we've got your winning playbook covered. It's BetQLU with Chris Mack, RJ Choppy, and John Martin. Presented by BetMGM. And whether you're watching us Thursday night on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel, listening to us as a podcast after the fact, consuming us at your leisure inside the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or listening live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network on Friday night or Saturday morning, we appreciate you joining us. This is the Week 10 edition of BetQLU alongside RJ Choppy and John Martin. I'm Chris Mack, and we've got CFP rankings to talk about. We've got more Michigan news, maybe. Will there be Michigan news, or is everybody just going to whine and make a mess out of their diapers and nothing's going to happen? Five big ranked matchups to talk about. We'll try to get into all of them. And speaking of diapers and crying, uh, Dabo went off on a talk show caller. Perhaps the downward spiral is starting to hit rock bottom at Clemson, plus our best bets before we wrap things up today as well. Uh, CFP rankings, as I mentioned, boys, they're out. The first round of them, Ohio State 1, Georgia 2, Michigan 3, Florida State 4, the only other undefeated team, the Washington Huskies, just outside the picture at number 5. Nonetheless, the odds to make the playoffs – still favor Michigan over Ohio State. Florida State, actually, at minus 250. Georgia, minus 210. Michigan, minus 150. The three favorites. And then you get into the plus money with the Buckeyes at 110. Washington, 155. Oregon, 165. So, I'll open the floor to you two. John, I'll start with you. Did they get it right one through four? For sure, yeah. Uh, I have no issue. I know it's the popular thing to... Uh, you know, oh, wow, that team got uh, screwed. And, you know, no, I think based on, you know, what each team has done to this point, this is the right order. Uh, Ohio State's the only one of these four teams, really, that's uh, has played anybody of note. I guess Florida State beating LSU. But outside of that, you know, Michigan hasn't played anybody yet. Georgia hasn't done anything yet. So uh, just in terms of, you know, the quality of competition. So, yes, in terms of who actually has the best resume in college football, it does belong uh, to Ohio State. They beat Penn State. They beat Notre Dame on the road. They shouldn't have, but they did. So here we are. They're undefeated. They've actually beaten some quality teams, I would say, certainly when you compare it to the bunch. So, you know, look, I guess the controversy is should Michigan be involved at all? But that's not really a decision, you know, for the college football playoff committee to make. That's more of an NCAA thing and more of an NCAA decision in terms of, you know, what punishment is or isn't coming and when it's coming. So, yes, in terms of the information available to us today, uh, this is definitely the right order. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the Big Ten got together on a conference call, and there's been lots of 
calls for there to be some more immediate action against Michigan. I don't think we'll actually get that before the end of this season. I think the biggest the biggest punishment you're going to see for Michigan is the fact that they started the ranking season off number three instead of number two or number one. They could have had an argument for either one of those spots. You're right, John, Ohio State's resume is stronger, but Michigan's just been so utterly dominant in every single win. Uh, Georgia, they've struggled in first quarters, first halves at times. Um, and it, it, I think I want to say one in, one win against the spread, two wins against the spread. Uh, it's been sloppy for them. So I, I would have been okay with Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan, Ohio State, one, two, and Georgia at three. But again, it's the first set of rankings, Choppy. I don't know how much there is to complain about when all this stuff's going to figure itself out in the next four or five weeks. Yeah, uh, where we are right now is you know we're in the, we're in kind of the macro of of the college football playoff. You know they'll get down to circumcising mosquitoes here in a couple of weeks as this thing moves on. But right now they're just in kind of like all right, look, I mean it doesn't really matter where you put anybody. It's going to take care of itself. Michigan, Ohio State are going to play each other. One of those two teams is going to be out of it. If everybody else in the top five wins, then there's there's your top four, and then the winner of Ohio State, Michigan is going to wind up being in. You know, except unless they they lose out. I think they got it right at the top. I think Ohio State absolutely deserves to be number one. They got two wins against teams at the time in the top, what, nine? Um, I, you know, I wouldn't have put Georgia two. Um, I, I would have put Florida State two. They got a, they got a really good win against LSU. I'd have put, yeah. I would have put Washington ahead of Georgia. I, I, my, when I, I put it on, on Twitter, I thought uh, Georgia should have been five. Um, not because they're not great. I know. I see that. Look, uh, Georgia and Michigan have played, uh, like there are Texas high school teams that have played a tougher schedule than Michigan. Let's be fair <laughs> on that one. And maybe Georgia as well. So now Georgia will, will fix that where they got three top, you know, 15 teams coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Like they'll fix that and, and they'll be all right. But as of right now, where, where it sits, you know, I'd, I'd have put uh, Florida State, too. I'd put Washington up there as well. Yeah, I, I, Washington being undefeated and, and not sliding into the top four. I mean, somebody had to be undefeated and, and not in the top four. I get it. Um, and like you said, Ohio State-Michigan will take care of itself until it doesn't because there's always the chance both of those teams end up in the top four anyway if they play a, a, a tight game against one another in Ann Arbor. Uh, the end of the month. Uh, Washington being even fifth, if everybody though, else is undefeated, even if everybody else is undefeated, you think? No, if everybody else is undefeated, then then you're four on. Un- if you have four undefeateds and it's four undefeateds, and the loser of Ohio State Michigan is out. But if you've got other one loss teams, then I think it's likely that if Ohio State is a one loss loser of that game, then they make the playoff again based on that. You know, we, it wouldn't be the first time. We just saw it. Um, Washington, though, be – like, I'm convinced – and somebody's going to lose, obviously. But Washington's going to have to remain undefeated in order to get in, I think, at this rate. Like, Washington, despite yeah. their schedule and how tough it is down the stretch, they can't afford to lose before the Pac-12 title game. They can't. Even against USC, like USC, they definitely can't afford to lose to. But even against Utah, even against Oregon State, they can't afford a loss, John. They've got to remain undefeated all the way up to the Pac-12 title game. And even then, I'd be worried that a loss, if, if, assuming they get Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, a loss in the Pac-12 title game 
could knock them out. Or yeah, them. I agree. I agree totally. I don't even think uh, if they are undefeated and they lose in the Pac-12 championship that they're in for sure. Uh, because you just it, you just don't know what's going to happen right around the rest of the country. You know, let's just stipulate this. Let's say that, um, you know, Alabama wins out. Let's say Alabama wins against LSU this weekend. Uh, and we got the wide shot. That's my young child's bounce house here. All right. That's the real mm-hmm. Thunderdome that you're seeing. Uh, but <laughs> let's just say that Alabama, you know, wins out. Um, and let's say they beat Georgia in the SEC title game, right? Easily could happen. Guess what? Two SEC teams are, SEC teams are getting in. It's the way it works. Uh, you know, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, is getting in. Florida State, if they run the table, they're getting in. There's your fourth. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line. Uh, you know, it, it, it stinks because the Pac-12 actually has had a, a really good year as they're dissolving, but you're not getting in as a one-loss Pac-12 team. Uh, you're just not. So, yeah, it's Washington. It would be in their best interest to not leave any of this up to chance and make sure that they do not lose a single game this year, including the Pac-12 title game. Well, the other thing that yeah. sucks is, like, if, if the Big 12 that, – that, that screws the Big 12 in this case, too, in which case – Let's say Texas runs the table and gets their revenge mm-hmm. on Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. Let's assume it plays out that way. Texas is going to have a really strong resume if their only loss is to Oklahoma and they beat them on, on the comeback in the Big 12 title game. Like, I get it. The, the, the second tier of the Big but 12 the is champ, pretty the soft. The champ is going to get the nod, though. You know what I mean? The SEC champ is getting the nod in that scenario if it's Alabama. So if it's Alabama with one loss and they're the SEC champion, they're they're getting they're just in, and then Georgia's going to be in uh, because they were undefeated. Up, I mean, obviously we're stipulating very specific things, but yeah. in that instance, that's you know what I'm saying. Like that's why I would yeah. have to give the SEC two slots. And you're, there's a, there's a I, lot of deference that comes to the SEC, and it's earned. They earned it. You know that's mm-hmm. the thing. You know, like you can hate on it all you want, and you can call it unfair. You know, fine. I'm not going to fight you on it. But you go back to the start of the BCS, it's not even close. What conference – and forget the BCS, just go back to 06. I mean, this conference wins like three out of four championships. It may be more than three. It may be four out of five. It may be more than three out of four, right? It may be nine out of ten. This conference, All this conference does is win championships. And then you can cry that it's all Alabama. Well, you know, if it wasn't Alabama, it'd be somebody else. Because when it wasn't Alabama, it was LSU – Florida, LSU, I mean, Tennessee won before then, Auburn won. It's been all it's been SEC nonstop. It ain't just Nick Saban. Right. Let, let me ask you guys, outside of the ones that are in the top four right now, um, who do you like, whether it be national title odds or to make the playoff odds, Choppy? Like right outside the top four to make the playoff, you've got uh, Washington at plus one fifty five, Oregon one sixty five, Texas two to one, Bama plus two fifty. Oklahoma three ten. Um, outside of the top four, are uh, is there value in any of those for you? Uh, I mean, I, I think I think the Texas and Alabama one is interesting. Um, Alabama would have this one trump card to play, and, and and Texas is trying to play the same thing, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, Alabama was fifty two and one at home." Yeah, well, if Alabama makes it that means they beat georgia and right. nobody's beaten georgia in three years and that that's a trump card that's very difficult to overlook like i like right now you know sarkeesian says that you know texas has got the win of the year he might be right 
But if Georgia gets beat by Alabama, then Alabama instantly has the win of the year. That's a good call. John, is, is there anybody else? I mean, outside of Bama, I mean, we, we've already gone over the Pac-12 and how and the Big 12, for that matter, and how they're kind of screwed um, positionally. Um, is it basically outside the top four, Bama or nobody, to, to get in? I mean, look, I, I think Texas is definitely has a, has a case. Like, if you think, for example – um, if you think Alabama's losing this weekend against LSU, that would obviously take them out of the discussion. That would take them out of national right. championship. It's just the end of it. So if you like LSU uh, this weekend, which I know this number opened at six, it's at three. Uh, if you like LSU this weekend, then I think there's a there's really there really is a path uh, to to Texas getting into this thing. I mean that was that that game could have easily gone Texas's way. Uh, against Oklahoma. So, you know, in a rematch, you know, if Texas takes care of business the rest of the way, I know they got quarterback concerns. Like, we'll see if they get Quinn back and, you know, if they can hold on until he is. But, you know, I would say it's it's it's, it's one of those two, though, for me. It's it, If you're going to bet this, it's got to be Texas or Bama, and there's really no point in even trying with anybody else. Mm-hmm. L- l- let me touch on the two Big 12 games, because we got five ranked matchups to talk about. We'll dive into Missouri, Georgia, Washington, USC, LSU, Bama in a couple of minutes. But we got Oklahoma laying six at Oklahoma State in Bedlam. We got 23 Kansas State in Austin against number seven Texas. Longhorns laying four. Uh, Malik Murphy was good enough last week. Uh, It was BYU. Um, Oklahoma, they, they put themselves behind the eight ball losing to Kansas. So... Either one of these two games have an angle that either one of you guys like Oklahoma laying six total of 60 and a half at Oklahoma State or Kansas State at Texas with Texas laying four and a pretty low total, 50 and a half on that one, John. Yeah, I think I would lean more toward uh, uh, Oklahoma State there um, with the points. Um, You know, it's a rivalry game. Oklahoma State's playing a lot better uh, the last few weeks of the season. I just there, something is different about Kansas State. I know they found their way back in the top twenty-five, but you know this is definitely not the same Big Twelve champ that we saw a year ago. Um, so, and I think it's a it's 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 a short number. I don't have a lot of interest there with them on the road here. So, if I was going to take one of these teams, I would take Oklahoma State. Man, I'll tell you what what a job the I'm a man, I'm 40 guys done this year. Was Oklahoma <laughs> State not thought of yeah. as being one of the worst teams in the country this year? Left for dead. Left for dead by, yep. like, week three. Yeah. And here they yep. are. They're ranked. more than, They're yep. ranked halfway into the season. Like, this this dude – and look, and, and Mike Gundy brings a lot of it on himself um, for, the, for the heat that he takes. You know, he's just, you know – he wears a mullet. What else do you need? But <laughs> – like this, he's done a hell of a job. I actually yes. think you know because of the injury at quarterback, I do think K State's live dog. Yeah. I, I, I think there's, I think there's now they're not as good as they were last year. There's no doubt about it. But they've done a nice job as well uh, of of rebounding for some losses that they had in the off season. And you know Texas is a very good team. There's no doubt about it. But you don't have Quinn, and let's yeah. face it, you don't beat Bama without Quinn. I, yeah, I just don't think four's enough for me with with K State. I, I, yeah. I think I think Texas wins by you know, it, shortest it gets is by six. And so if all you're going to give me is four, I'm out. Uh, I'm on Texas there. Oklahoma, I think bounces back. I do, and I think they kind of finally put the final 
in Oklahoma State and put them out to pasture and say goodnight. Um, we'll dive into a couple of big SEC games, one in the SEC West, one in the SEC East, and the Pac-12. Uh, does Washington finally put USC out of their misery, and does Michael Penix Jr. slam on the gas again in his Heisman run? That all on the way next alongside John Martin and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. You've been listening to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. Let's get back to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. And welcome back in alongside John Martin and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU every Thursday night on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel and throughout the weekend on BetQL.com and on the BetQL network inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today. You can get us as a podcast version as well and get caught up before kickoff on Saturdays at noon Eastern. This Saturday at 3.30 Eastern, one of the five big ranked matchups. We went through the two Big 12 games a moment ago, guys. Let's go to the SEC now. SEC East, Georgia hosting Missouri. Missouri has snuck up on everyone. 12th in the country, the Tigers. They're getting 15 and a half. Between the hedges in Athens, totals at 54 and a half. Missouri, 7-1. and one. They've beaten Kansas State. They've beaten Kentucky for what those are worth. Only lost to LSU. They gave Georgia a run for their money last year, but that one in Columbia, um, they were up by a touchdown heading into the fourth quarter, and then Georgia took off. Very reminiscent uh, or uh, very prescient, I guess, of the games they've played this year where they've had to turn it on late. Uh, Georgia 0-4-1 against the spread when playing to at least 15-and-a-half-point spreads or larger, which, again, is what they're playing on this Saturday. I'm not saying Missouri's going to pull off the upset, but I think Missouri's going to make this uncomfortably close. And if you're giving me more than two touchdowns, you're giving me 15-and-a-half, I'm really tempted to go in on Missouri here um, and count on them, again, keeping it uncomfortably close, choppy, until Georgia decides to turn it on late, as they've had to do multiple times this year. Man, I, I, Georgia in, in, in that in that spot in that building, they're 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 an mm. animal, man. Like they're they're tough yeah. for me to go against, uh, especially. I don't. I I know Missouri is number twelve, and I only noticed that because I think John said it to me a little bit ago. Or maybe it was Zach, like Georgia, or, or like Missouri's. Tw- what Missouri? We have not said a word about Missouri all year. Like that could be just a fraudulent number twelve ranking in the college football playoff. I I am totally yeah. This would not surprise me because uh, we saw we saw Georgia start to pick things up a little bit. It would not surprise me if Georgia's starting to roll here. The next three or four games, they've got Missouri. They got Tennessee coming up. They got a. A couple of other ranked teams here. It would not surprise me if Georgia doesn't go on a bit of a spurt. John, am I getting a little too high on the Missouri supply here? Like, am I am I buying too much of of the smoke and mirrors? 
Yeah, uh, allow me to uh, borrow from our friend Taylor Swift here. <clears throat> I think I've seen this film before, and I didn't like the ending. This was pretty much wow. the same. Ex- no, thank you. Brother. I didn't know I really had that in my who's, bag. Who's, I- whose kids have forced them to watch the Eras Tour movie? I think we know the answer to that one. That's right. My wife is all over it, man. She is all over it. Uh, but no, uh, this line is actually almost identical, and this spot is almost actually identical to the Georgia-Kentucky game a few uh, weeks earlier in the season when Kentucky was coming off that nice win against Florida. They were in the top 25. Uh, they were stepping up in weight class. Now, Missouri has played LSU at home. They lost by double digits probably closer than the final score indicated, but this feels like one of those spots where you really feel like you shouldn't be getting two touchdowns with a team that's, you know, inside the top 25 as clumsy as Georgia has kind of been this year relative to what they've done the last two years. I know they don't have Brock Bowers for this one, but uh, Mm -hmm. I think there's also another motivational angle here, which is Georgia has not lost a game in three years and they're not number one in the college ball playoff ranking. And so I think this is one where they're going to start to try to increase their margins because clearly it hasn't been good enough for RJ. It hasn't been good enough for Chris and it hasn't been good enough for the playoff committee. So I think this is, this is going to be start to be the time where Georgia amps it up a little bit to improve their, their spot here. And I think uh, Michigan's going to be the bug to Georgia's windshield this weekend. Whew, the bug to the windshield. Uh, mm, and then, that number 12 ranking that may or may not be a mirage goes right out the window and Georgia right. starts to look like Georgia again. Um, Pac-12, before we go to the SEC West, Pac-12, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific kick on Saturday. Number 5, Washington Huskies visiting the number 20 Trojans of Southern Cal. This one down to 3 now. Uh, it's been coming down throughout the week. A total of 76 and a half. Woo! That might still be too low. Um, uh, Washington uh, struggled with Arizona State a couple weeks ago. They handled Stanford uh, as well as they had to handle Stanford last week. Penix has thrown interceptions in each of those games, though. Um, And Washington's starting to ramp up now. It's USC. Then it's Utah. Then it's a trip to Oregon State. Then it's Washington State. Um, This is the time for them to find themselves again and really step on the gas. Um, that I, I like Washington big in this one. And, and by big, I mean relatively speaking to the spread. I think Washington wins this by double digits because USC's defense is straight trash. And Caleb Williams has turned into a pumpkin, Choppy. Uh, yeah, USC, they can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, the fact this is only three blows me away. Uh, now, it wouldn't surprise me if, if USC puts up a ton of points. That's what they do. But they're not going to stop Washington. I think this is one of those weird numbers that a lot of this is based off of Washington's performances in the last couple of weeks. They've not been great. They've not yeah. been great at all last two weeks. Um, quite frankly, they played they played poorly, uh, and they were lucky to win two games. Uh, they 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 had all their juice for Oregon, and now they're like, all right, let's just sleepwalk our way here. Well. That's got to that's got to end. That, that's got to end for them. I think they would have been in the final four first. This first ranking had they played better over the last two weeks, but they didn't. So, 
Yeah, I, I love Washington in this game. I think three points is entirely too small. That's what uh, she said. Uh, no, uh, look, <laughs> in, all, in, all, in all seriousness, I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, wait, wait, wait. The, I, the, the Penix it's is too small? Season, man. He was entirely too small. He just left it there. You know, I, I had to I had to take it, you know. By the way, you All can't right. have a last name like Penix and not get made fun of as a child, right? With the first four letters of that name, uh, no question. Constantly, I mean, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not even how his name is pronounced; it's just how it's spelled. You know, it's like it is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. I, you know, I always think these spots are interesting because you're flipping the role a little bit here with Caleb Williams and USC, right? And they definitely have earned the, uh, you know, the. The, the demotion, so to speak, as an underdog here. Um, and they have just looked completely listless. Uh, really, they should have lost against Cal, uh, and it was just a miracle that they did not. Uh, they did lose to Utah. So, I mean, you sort of worry, like, what am I, in terms of the, the psychology of this group, you know, what am I really getting? USC has nothing to play for. Washington has right. everything to play for. Um, maybe that's enough. I, I don't, I don't like the dog in this spot, you know, because the ambitions were so much greater than what is now actually possible for USC. So, you know, I think you might start to get into that Q word territory. Um, so although it is a little tempting, like in a spot where maybe Caleb Williams just goes nuclear because he's trying to retake and submit his spot as the number one pick in the draft. I just can't get there. I don't want to lay three either. Like, I, this is a stay away for me. The only way I would want to look is the underdog in this spot, but not USC as an underdog, given everything they've gone through. And, you know, it's, it's one thing when, you know, you're a team that is uh, scrappy and you have a first-year coach and, you know, nothing was possible and maybe you're playing for a bowl and you're happy about that, right? This, this mm-hmm. team is depressed. This team is, like, completely – uh, you know, shell-shocked from how bad their season has been. And so I question, like, how motivated they're going to be anyway. So I, it's a stay away from me, but I could see USC maybe, uh, you know, if, if they care, winning. It would not shock me. USC has covered twice in their nine games uh, against the spread. So consider that. Um, it, it, they just seem mentally and, like, emotionally soft like maybe that's just a stupid stereotype that i'm kind of putting out there because of the whole southern cal vibe i don't know it probably is but caleb williams just doesn't i mean he's completely crushed crushed his draft stock there's no way he goes first overall anymore if i if i were advising him i'd tell him to come back and play another year make some nil and brush up the resume before he goes to the nfl but yeah you're right there's just not a lot to play for for the Trojans right now. A lot to play for in the SEC West. Uh, 7.45 Eastern, 6.45 Central kick in Tuscaloosa. Number 14 LSU visiting number 8 Alabama. Tide laying three, total at 60.5. We know LSU upset Bama last season, but as 14.5-point dogs, that was in Baton Rouge. Um, when playing as at least three-point favorites this season, the Tide, four and three, against the spread. Take that for what it's worth. They've been underwhelming at times. Jalen Milrow is not the better quarterback. Jaden Daniels clearly is the better quarterback in this matchup. It's why I have a little bit of an LSU lean here, John, but 
Bama is still Bama at home. Yeah, I mean, I think one one of my and I, and and this will come up. I'll just I I I this is my best bet of the week. Alabama minus three. Um, mostly because I just wanted to bet it. I just had I, it, my finger was was real really uh, itching to bet it, and and I itching. feel like this is the side. Now this did open. Uh, at six at some of the sharper books out there. This opened at, at Alabama minus six. So sharp book power ratings had Alabama as a six-point favorite over LSU before. Some sharp money did come in and take this back down to three. But when I sort of evaluate these type of matchups, we have a great offense versus a great defense in LSU offense, Bama defense. And we have a an underperforming offense, you would say, versus a Mm -hmm. very, very bad defense at LSU. And what tends to win out in these situations, right, to me is the offense that underperforms against the very bad defense because LSU really has not stopped anybody this year that's quality in terms of teams they played. I mean, uh, Missouri put up 39 on them. Ole Miss put up 55 on them. Florida State ran off on them in the second half. Uh, Any team, I mean, yeah, they beat up on the dregs of, of you know the SEC, they beat up on Auburn, they beat up on Mississippi State, but those teams can't score. You know Alabama with their size, they do have some weapons. Like Milrow has finally, I think, settled into the job enough to where he's not looking over his shoulder, worried about a change. To where I think he can take advantage enough with the run game, with the weapons they have in their offensive line. So I just I think Alabama is actually going to be able to do enough offensively against this group to keep up, and I think I trust in Bama's defense being able to get the stops when they need to. So I am on Bama here at home minus three. Um, I, I don't, I, that doesn't got to play six, but you're giving me a field goal at home and a huge game and a revenge spot for Nick Saban. Yeah. Give me the tie. Choppy uh, is the bet on Jaden Daniels here or is the bet on uh, against LSU's defense, I guess. Man, honestly, I, I this is a no bet. This is a no bet for me. Um, I could ease. I, I think Alabama should have lost. I think Alabama should have lost Tennessee. We were up, Tennessee was up 20-7 to seven in that game. It was one of the worst second halves I've ever seen that team put together. They were clearly the worst team for a majority of that game, and then whatever happened after halftime happened. Milrow's not it, man. He is not it. Yeah. Bama, though, I, I don't trust LSU. I don't trust Brian Kelly. My 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 hesitance in betting this game has much less to do with Alabama than it does do LSU. Like my hesitancy in this is all based off of LSU. I have no idea what I'm getting. No idea. Uh, are they going to tackle? Are they going to be able to tackle? I've I've seen them play this year where they forget how to tackle. I've seen that game, uh, and I've seen games where Daniels just doesn't play well. Um, I, I think they're ranked a little bit high based on on their record, but. No, man, I, I can't. I, I can't I can't bet this one. This is a no bet. Yeah, I'm gonna I may I may end up paying for it, but I'm gonna dig my heels in here and bet quarterback against quarterback. And I'm taking Daniels in the three. Hey, on that's the, your on system, the, man. I mean, I've you been know, burned by system. it a couple times this year, but more often yeah. than not, it's worked. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm talking. We're talking about a dude with a quarterback rating north of 200. You're right, Choppy. There's been times where you've gone, where we've, or I've looked at him and gone, eh, is he really, is he really as good as the numbers say he is, Jaden Daniels? I don't know, but the numbers say he's at at least, at the very least, a damn sight better than Jalen Milrow. Now, the other break point that you make, John, is 
Tuscaloosa, Saban, Revenge, Kelly, uh, uh, the LSU defense. Like, I can't sit there and argue against all the points you stack up on your side. So all I can do is lean into what has worked for me more often than not this year, which is Jaden's just better than Jalen Milrow. And we'll see if it works out that way. But it goes a long way towards figuring out what the SEC West is going to look like and who Georgia may or may not get in the SEC title game uh, in about a month. Is one team in particular just never getting back to where they were? They peaked, it's done, it's over with, and we're watching the program and its head coach sort of slowly spiral the drain and the frayed edges of sanity. That on the way, plus our best bets coming up alongside RJ Choppy and John Martin. I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. You've been listening to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. Let's get back to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. All right, best bets on the way in just a couple of minutes. Uh, A really nice slate, at least as far as top-level games go. We've talked about the two big ones of the Big 12, two big games in the SEC, one in the Pac-12 as well, five ranked matchups around the Power Five conferences today. Uh, that we've broken down here for you. The ACC being dominated by Florida State as Clemson continues to fall apart. Alongside John Martin and R.J. Choppy, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. Davo Swinney got into it with a caller to his coach's show this past week after the caller mentioned his salary. Clemson is slowly spiraling the drain this season. They've lost two straight. Four overall this season. He His retort to the caller was, I'm not going to sit here and let you, I don't care how much money I make, you're not going to talk to me like I'm a 12-year-old. Um, is this is this the beginning of the end for Dabo and Clemson, especially given how staunchly he's been out against the portal and NIL and how he's kind of dug his heels in on some of that stuff? Or does he take a step back this offseason, realize that's the way you got to compete in this day and age, and adapt, or does he die, John? Is this the beginning of the end for Clemson under Dabo? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 uh, a symptom of everything you said, which is, uh, you know, that they had such incredible success. And honestly, like, I, I think I even, you know, just as a media guy, I think I even took it for granted when I was – when all this – you know, was happening. I, I you know, I, I, I had a feeling Clemson was just going to be bad this year based on how they looked early on in the season. But then you look at, at the last, you know, 10 years and it is amazing. You know, it is, you know, 11 wins, 13 wins, cha- championship, championship, 10 wins, 12 wins. Like this is truly the bad, the first bad year that Dabo has had, but I don't really see him as somebody that's going to say, well, you know, it wasn't working the way we were doing it. We got to change and try to figure out how we can keep up. I don't really get that vibe from him. Um, and so what I think ultimately ends up happening is that he maybe makes some staff changes, maybe like tries to look, do it internally. 
Um, but I think philosophically, you know, he's a 50-something-year-old man. He ain't going to change. He, he, he is going to do it the way he believes uh, got them to be successful in the first place. He's not going to all of a sudden be, you know, this car salesman out there saying, NIL, NIL, let me get my players NIL. Right. That ain't going to be him. So I do think, yes, he's been there for a long time, man, and the game passes all of us by at some point um, if you're not willing to adapt. And if you're going to be stubborn about it because I made $11 million this year and I've won two championships and I've done – if that's how you're going to approach it, Yes, you are going to get left behind. And so uh, to your point, I think spinning the drain is exactly sort of what's happening here, not just this year, but really as a program under Dabo. Eventually, I think these two sides get to a point, whether it's next year or the year after that, whatever, where they just realize they're better off without each other. Choppy, I kind of wonder what this means for the ACC as a whole, too. Like the ACC needs more than one top-level or two top-level programs Mm -hmm. at a time in order to sustain – themselves against the the atmosphere out there and right i mean louisville's had a a fun year that's nice but i don't know if they're going to be perennial contenders florida state's really it and if clemson falls off who's the other miami i mean who's the other program that the acc can kind of use as the tent pole you know well i mean the acc will be around for about four more years than it'll be the sec so it's not going to matter much but you know like what is Dabo great at Right, Saban's a defensive guy. Kirby's a defensive guy. Venables is a defensive guy. Sark's an offensive guy. Lincoln Riley's got an offense. He's an offensive guy. You look around the country; these coaches, Day's an offensive guy. Harbaugh, Dabo's just a guy, just a recruiter. He's just a CEO. He doesn't have a genius about him. Um, he's good at what he does. He's good at recruiting. I don't think he changes. Dabo prides himself on being a man of conviction. Um, he's not changing. He doesn't philosophically, he doesn't believe in doing things the way the, they are doing things today. He doesn't, he doesn't work in the transfer portal. If you don't start at Texas, uh, sorry, if you don't start at Clemson, you don't finish at Clemson. Like it's kind of got that philosophy to him. It's very Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Oh, Notre, I, I learned this in Rudy, the movie. Oh, Notre Dame doesn't accept senior transfers. Why? Why? Why don't you accept senior transfers? Explain that one to me. It's almost as dumb as the NCAA doesn't allow you to advance scout. Why? Why can't I advance scout? Well, you can't. Okay, cool. Dabo is name brand Mike Gundy. Like, that's what he is. He's just Mike <laughs> Gundy in a crew neck. He's, uh, he's Jack Easterby in a crew neck. He's just a bit of a charlatan. I support charlatans. The world needs charlatans, okay? What else are you watching on Keeps TV the rest on of us Sunday honest on our toes, right? Yeah. Keeps the rest of us on our toes. Keeps the rest of us honest. Dabo is is probably a good man. I don't think he's fit for today's college football. And he has earned the right, though, to stay there for as long as he wants. Because I remember, I remember when Clemson was Texas Tech. I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember that, man. They couldn't win. They would, oh, oh, they would hype Clemson up every year. Oh, this cute little place that's got three levels it's so loud and they ripped off a name from lsu they're gonna beat florida state this year no they're not they're not gonna be florida state they never be florida state they were just they were clemson man they were just yep. clemson and yeah you remember that you guys remember that time so yeah i don't think he's going anywhere because what he's got now is better than what the alternative is but he he is he is not gonna change he's not gonna change 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to me because if anybody is set up or was set up at least like a year and a half, two years ago to make that little dive down to Tuscaloosa when Saban finally hangs it up, you know, go back to where he went to school, where it, I mean, he could have been that dude, but Saban's going to hang on forever. Um, he's yeah. going to coach until he's 85. And Dabo, like to your point, is <laughs> name brand – off-brand Mike Gundy. Saban adapted, um, though, by the way. He never gets enough credit for that. That's, Saban yeah, absolutely That's a really adapted. good point. Yes. I mean, so Sa- He's Saban, not just doing the same thing he was doing in 2011. Well, he's he's able to read the room. That's that's the difference. Yeah. Like, Saban's able to read the room and get ahead of the curve. And, or, at the yeah. very least, jump in on the curve before he gets totally left behind. Like, it's not yeah. related to football itself, but, like, a great example is going on uh, Pat's show every week, going on with McAfee. Like, Nick Saban probably doesn't really have the time of day for Pat and all his nonsense, but he gets that that's a recruiting tool. He knows the kids are watching McAfee, that kids identify with that, and he knows that Pat can can get make him some inroads in the media industry too. So if he does want to walk away from coaching at some point, still make a couple mil a year, he can do that. He can go when Lee Corso eventually retires. He can go be the old crotchety coach on the game day set if he wants to. And he's thinking ahead, and he knows exactly what he's doing in that regard, as as opposed to Dabo, who still refuses to recruit transfers. It's wild. Um, all right, time for our best bets of the week. Uh, John, I'll let you get us started. What do you got? Yeah, uh, it's Bama minus three. I uh, really love the spot. Again, Sharper Books opened this up at, at six. Uh, it's now widely available at three. I like it at three. I think this is probably a close game. We'll be traded back and forth, uh, but I do think Bama's defense will be able to get the stops necessary ultimately to, to win this game. So uh, in, a, in a super high leverage situation, which is exactly what this is, you know, this is really for a berth in the SEC championship game. From the SEC West, I can only go with Nick Saban here. Uh, so I will take the uh, Crimson Tide minus three that Milrow was able to do just enough offensively against a bad LSU defense and get the job done at home. So Bama minus three is my best bet of the week. I do think that's going to be just a classic Bama LSU game, and it gets down to the final position, mm-hmm. and we're talking about sure. like a, 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 a walk-off field goal or – you know, yeah. I don't know if we'll get anything as wild as a kick six or anything crazy like that, but I, I mean, you just know this thing's headed for the final yeah. possession. Absolutely, uh, Choppy, you got some kind of ridiculous parlay for us and a best bet. Uh, I got a yeah, it's just a thirty to one three team parlay. Nothing big oh, here. That's all. Uh, no big deal. The uh, Oklahoma State money line, Vanderbilt money line, and Boise State money line. That'll uh, that'll be a thirty to one right there. Why well, you guys are laughing? As if Vandy doesn't win Randy, football games. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but uh, my best bet, yeah, I like Ole Miss minus three against A&M. A&M can't throw the football. It's a problem. Uh, Ole Miss generally can throw the football. They're a good team at home. I like Ole Miss to win this game by three. Okay. Who's Van- Vandy's got Auburn at home? Auburn. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Eh, okay. And Bo- Boise's got Fresno on the road. That that may yep. that may actually be the most difficult third of that of that parlay to come through. But I appreciate the fighting your... Kellen Moore's man. You don't trust them. You don't fight, trust the fighting Kellen Moore's. I didn't say I didn't trust. I just I, I think that might be the most difficult one to come through yeah. there. That's that's tough. Fresno's 
a bunch of dogs. Well, aside from the mascot. Anyway, uh, my best bet. I, I told you earlier, I, USC's defense is trash, and there are no signs of it improving. And I think John made a really good point when he brought up the idea that there's just not anything left to play for for the Trojans. Like, um, it, for Caleb, maybe it's thoughts about building the draft stock back up, but I really think his advisors have to be smart enough to say, hey, kid, come back one more year. You'll make enough at NIL. that you'll It won't be a, right. a real stress on you or your family. And build yourself back up next year. Um, I think Washington has a million things to play for, including locking in uh, a trip to the Pac-12 title game. There's a long way to go with the way their schedule stacks up, but this is the first baby step along the way. I think they handle USC. I think they hang 50 on them at least. Uh, I think we go over the 76 and a half. I think Washington covers the three. A little curious to me that that's been coming down throughout the week, but that's all right. That just means I don't have to give the hook. Um, and Washington on the road covers against USC. I think they win by it, it, at least a touchdown, if not double digits. So give me the Huskies is my best bet to stay undefeated and kind of get back on track after a couple of ugly-looking wins against Stanford and Arizona State. That'll do it for the Week 10 edition of bet QLU. Don't forget, you can get us as a podcast. If you missed any of this, it's inside your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, actually. Subscribe or follow it, and you'll get it fresh as soon as it's ready absolutely every single week. And if you prefer to watch live when it goes down Thursday nights, it's right there inside the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel as well and gets replayed on betql.com and the betql network throughout the weekend friday nights and saturday mornings for rj choppy for john martin for our producer zach Krull, who tries his damnedest to keep us in line we will be back next thursday night and throughout next weekend for week 11 enjoy what is a stacked slate of games this weekend right here at betql get all those five-star plays this has been betqlu You've been listening to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.